What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We've got a fresh week for you guys here at Common Sense, the podcast, season two, episode 10. What's up, fellas? How are you doing, Biz? I'm good now that I got all this shit working. Yeah, you good? We ready to rock? <laughs> wasn't my fault. Could, could you please let everybody know it yeah, wasn't my fault? Yeah, for all the haters and everybody that wants to start blasting us, it was the powers that be that kept us from being in here on time. Something we refer to as Frakes time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. I got a good, fa- I got my first fan, I mean friend, uh, up here. Right. Uh, <laughs> My good buddy, David Fillmore, also known as Spanky. What's up, brother? Thank you, Garrett. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me out. Absolutely, man. I've been looking forward to this one. Me as well. Yeah. I didn't get much sleep last night. I was excited about this. Yeah, that, that's always a good one, man. I, I love You did a great that. job. I, you, Thank I you mean, very much. You work well under pressure. Actually, that's the only way I know how to work. <laughs> if, if shit is, like, really cool, I get nervous. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah under yeah, pressure is gotta, how we do it. I got to sit over here and talk shit to him and be like, yo, clock's ticking. Yo, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, man? He did it already. Like, Biz, where we at? What we got going? Like, I got to type stuff. I got to connect stuff. I got to focus stuff. I got to turn shit on. Just be cool. <laughs> the funny part is we joke every time about how, like, oh, man, we got this down. We're going to be two shows in a row on time at six. And then, yeah, something always. Every time we have it set to do that something always pops off yeah. to where some unexpected thing is going on in this lovely room that we film from here. No, this is awesome. I think this is a great setup, and I think Biz did a great job. Yeah, no, it's... it's Thanks, it's man. Cool I appreciate that, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, I love all the love he's giving Biz over here. <laughs> oh, Garrett, thank you. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks yeah, for the yeah, invite. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. excited. First, before we get started, I got this thing I want to show. I don't know if we could do this on Facebook Live, but... Yeah. Where's the camera? Hi, Mom. I always got to give a shout-out to my mom. Thank you for for everything. We love you, Mom. That's a first. I love it. She'll watch watch this on YouTube about 10,000 times, so we're going to get some clicks. That's awesome. (laughs) From one, one, uh, what do you call that, uh, IP drive alone, just one address is going to give us 1,000 views. We love her. That's awesome, man. Well, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. You and I go way back. Um, I gotta be careful today with you because I know there's a lot I can't talk about. Like you got more stipulations than some of these damn NFL guys that I got on here with your contracts and stuff. I'm kidding, but yeah, I mean you and I go way back. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Spanky is probably one of the foremost guys in his industry, which is car sales in Texas. And he travels all over the U.S. doing stuff related to the car world. But uh, I've bought at least my last two or three vehicles from you. Yeah. Um, You're a good customer. We, we like repeat and referral business. So yeah. you've, you've sent customers our way as I well. I do. So we, we really appreciate that. I do. Business. I don't refer a lot of people for a lot of things. But something like what you do and the service that you provide. And I have like nightmarish horror stories of car shopping with my old man like my old man was like the gorilla sales tactics of i'm coming in they're never giving me a fair deal 
They're trying to screw me over, and I'm just going to beat them over the head. I'm going to get angry, storm out, and, you know, do the whole acting bit. They're going to call me before I drive out of the parking lot. They're going to call me tonight. They're going to call me tomorrow. And maybe sometime tomorrow, after I've already spent eight hours in the dealership, the day before... I'll get what I want. We call those emotional buyers, and we like those a lot. Yeah. We like emotional buyers. Yeah. You know, I learned early in the car business, in, in my career, that, you know, the, the key to my success was having repeat and referral business. So yeah. I want to thank you again. And we loved guys like your dad. Like, the more of the challenge, the, the more <laughs> I enjoyed it, right? Yeah. But everybody has – I mean, the car in the car business, you, the car people in general – you know, the whole reason why I wanted to come on this podcast is because I've, I've watched, listened to the podcast that you had with Randy Sullivan, right? And it's, yeah. it's funny to me because we have a lot of the same similarities in that we want to put good content out there, right? right? Like, and to me, I want people to understand that the car business is a good business. Like, I'm blessed to be in this business and I've learned a lot, made a lot of contacts like you. Like, I yeah. mean, I even met my wife because I'm in the car business. I, mean, I met her at an auction. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so thankful for everything that I've been in the road that I've been on. And when I got in the business, you know, 23 years ago, August, I never thought that it would lead me. I mean, I met Shaq. I mean, Shaq bought a car from us at, at my, the last door I was at. I mean, that was just cool. I mean, that's super badass. I mean, I, I get fascinated cause we're good friends and I'll see you on Instagram or Facebook or something. And I'll be like, or I'll go up to get my car serviced. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's auction day. That's why Spank's not here. And then I start seeing some posts. And I'm like, yo, what are you looking at today? And then all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up. And he's like, dude, check this out. Like, you, it reminded me of when I was in high school in the colony. There's this place. I forget what it's called. A little auction place. Like, right off Old Business 121. And we'd go up there. If you could drive stick and, st- and, you know, we're, like, good at it, you could go drive some of these, like, beat-up jalopies to Ferraris and everything else in there, and they'd pay you, you know, I mean, it was, like, 10 bucks an hour or something like that, and you'd just go up there. And we we just got to drive cool cars and stuff, like, being up there and driving them through while people are bidding on them and all that. So I get fascinated with that. So the, the auctions... You know, I've, I've taken a few friends out there, and it's the the intensity and the speed of sheer how everything goes is just unbelievable. But you're right. Like, there's one of everything out there. The, the auction business is fun. That's a completely different game than I was in wholesaling, but I did do that for yeah. a while. But you're right. There's As a youngster, just being out there and seeing all those different cars and seeing how this, again, the sheer speed of how – a car sells like every every 15 seconds, every 30 seconds in the different lanes. It, it gets your heart pumping. Like, it's exciting. I remember the first car I ever bought was like 100 grand, and it was a, a, a ZR1, and I was just like, man, that was, an ex- that was a lot of money, right? So, but to see all the different cars and all the different things, like, you never see the same stuff out there from weekend to week out, and there's always the new, new out there. Yeah. Like, the last week I saw a, a, a Nismo GTR out there, 23, and it sold for, like, 60 grand over MSRP. It was just, man, it was intense. A lot of action on And I'm cars. sure that's got to be an adrenaline rush, especially earlier on in your career when you get to that point where you're trusted 
with an entire dealership's portfolio, basically, and you've got an open checkbook of X amount, which is a lot of damn money. It's not like you're going in there and only expected to buy one or two cars. You're buying several cars, and you're spending a grip of money that most people are just, like, blown away with. And that authority and you making those snap decisions on the spot, what's that value? What can I turn it around for? Can I get it here? How far? Who's pushing who? Like, Well, there's, a, there's like, this, you know, this belief that when you go to an auction we're buying these like these police auctions like these commercials where you're ripping all these cars no you're the high bidder at the auction somebody is just below you you know within a hundred dollars two hundred fifty dollars of you know so you were the high bidder that day did you really get a deal you know sometimes you do sometimes you don't there's a lot of research that goes into looking at the 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 way the lanes are the day before looking to see what the inventory out there and i always had successes i would look at a car would i drive this car home this I would buy, you know, because people below me, people above me in age brackets, they would be interested in that car, so I would buy it. If it looked good and I would drive it, that's what I would buy. And Biz, this dude has had some flashy damn cars. I remember one of the first times I came up there and you had, y'all see this color on the bottom of my glass? He had a Lexus, like some limited sports car. There was a brighter version of this orange, and it was like, what was it like? There was only like 10 or 20 of those in it that was color. It was RCF Coupe, and only, I would still have that car. Chanel, my wife, she loved that car, but she kept curbing the wheels, so we had to get oh, rid of it. But I had to get her a little, oh, something a little bit more off-roadish, I guess, when she's curbing the wheels at the bank, you know. But yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. dude's had some rides. Mm. He almost got me in a lot of trouble last year. I tried year. to sell you a Corvette. Yeah, you that's what like, I was about to say. Dude, I want one of the new Corvettes so bad. I mean, I, I mean, like, it's, it's up there. Like, it's the in-between of if I had a lot of money, like the Ferrari I would buy or something like that. Like, to me, that is, like, the sexiest, most badass car you can buy right now. It's that, like, in-between before before you jump to buying a Lambo or a Ferrari or something like that. Like, I want one so bad. And this dude, like, I swear he almost, like, tags me in these posts. And he'll be like, yo, check this out. And it was this, like, electric blue. With blue I mean, interior. I remember the with car. With blue interior. It was so bad. So I'm, I'm showing Sarah. I'm like, look, look at this. She's like. You didn't do it, did you? You're like, how, how much is that? And I'm like, how much is this? Like, what is your rock bottom line? How much do I have to call XYZ and like talk to him? Like, how low can we really go can on this? Can you get me a deal on this car? Yeah. You know, for the first time in a long time, like, like I said, car guys get a bad rap, but for the, like the last couple of years, because of inventory shortages, car yeah. guys were like the watch guys. We were the plug. Like, if you had a car, yeah. you had a buddy, everybody was trying to pull those strings to get the, the new yeah. Escalade what or the new Corvette or even Super Duties at that time. That's the other thing I, I mean, really Everybody, want. I mean, we were the plug, that and yeah. Rolex guys, like, because yeah. shortage, you know, supply and demand. Or so. gun guys. Or yeah. gun guys, for guns, sure. Guns, Rolexes, cars, yeah. But yeah, that's the same thing. I thought I was going to, like, I need to get rid of my truck. I put a lot of money into it, fixing it. I've had a bunch of stuff I've had to do to it. 
Yeah, you and, were just telling me some of the pain points you've uh, had with it recently. Dude, it's it's been ridiculous. So like the good news is I know a guy that'll take care of you. Yeah, I know. I, I'm glad I know a couple of those guys. We have to too. wait until after a certain date and we'll talk about that after hours. Yeah. But like I can definitely hook you up. Yeah. But then I the one that surprised me was I kept seeing all these escalades when I moved. Well, I didn't realize that I live damn near across the street from a Cadillac dealer. Yeah. And all these guys are filling the cars up at the gas station and everything else. So I started seeing these murdered out black, you know, Cadillacs. And then I saw the V-Series Escalade. And I was like, this is insane. I was like, I went up there and started talking to the dude. And I'm like, oh, whoa. I didn't realize that's what you charge for these things. He's like, go on. <laughs> Way over 100 grand for that thing. Yeah. I was uh, like, all right, like well, I might as well get the core what 200 grand for the yes for the new for v series v series escalate msrp is like 150 right. but they're selling for 50, 50 to 75 over, over. i uh, mm, yeah but it's mm. 699 like horsepower Bitch, in an escalate so i don't even know gary knew this you know i sold cars for six years mm. i hadn't drunk for a long time i started at an old old people's dealership selling buicks and you know buicks that was the easiest job because everybody bought a car before noon because they had to take a nap. Right. <laughs> they all was there at the dealership eight o'clock either to get it serviced or to trade it in. They were very they. I sold a car to Warren Buffett, two nice. cars actually. Um, but I ended ended my career with Ford, selling with Ford, and then I got in the radio and blah blah blah. But yeah, hooding and trunk, and I did it for a long time. Wesley, I got your seniors for you, buddy. And Kelly, we don't all make money like you. I mean, I know you can go buy classic cars and get them all restored. Buddy. Then my boy Kelly over here, he goes and he's like, he'll send me pictures. He's like, hey, found you the perfect Chevelle or Nova or Camaro. And he's like, it's only this. You're going to put 50 grand into it minimum or XYZ. Or I just refurbished this one. You know, I'll sell it to you for XYZ. And I'm like, ugh. I hate you because like, I still, the one car I wish I still had was my 70 Chevelle I had in high school when I moved to Texas. So Chanel wants a GTO and like, and I, I love classic cars, have a love hate relationship with them, but like for real, I, I, I've never really been able to make any money off of them. Mm -mm. You know, I, it's, I always, they're money pits. Oh my gosh. And you have to (laughs) bring out another thousand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like my favorite boat name. One of my dad's buddies had this boat, this like 30-foot boat up north. was up there. And I always thought if I ever buy a boat, I'm totally still in his boat name. And it was Talis, T-A-L-I-S. And I said, what does Talis mean? And like, how did you come with his name? He said, takes a lot of income, son. <laughs> I was like, yep, that is that. like perfect for a boat because... There's nothing truer. Well, you need to get that for your personalized play for your Corvette, too, because there, there's some truth to that as well. You know, when we get there, that might happen. But, yeah. you know, I would look like a damn fool, and I'd probably get into a business being in the construction industry if I pulled up in a car like that. That's like, the reason why I didn't sell you the Corvette already is yeah. because you're like, I can't pull up to a job site in a Corvette. No, and I'd I had to it, sell my Raptor to do that. And you're like, and I'm like, yeah, of course you can. Well, just get both. Is, that's all I'm bitching. Yeah, you. yeah. Yeah, that's Spanky's answer. Just do both. Yeah, you can do both. It's all right. My old man used to say, if you can finance it, you can afford it. So, <laughs> My dad did not have that same lesson being a banker. But I've learned that now being around a, a lot of affluent guys with all these Lambos and everything sitting out here in the parking lot. And people just say, 
you can do it. It's about cash flow. They just stretch the payments way out. If you're paying thirteen hundred a month for whatever you're driving, blah blah. I mean, I can't afford thirteen hundred dollars a month. No, uh, I mean I was paying thirteen hundred a month because I had my truck and my car. That's why I got rid of the car. But it's I, cars and everything. Are, I've been looking for another car forever, but I just can't. I have to tell myself no. That's what for I'm now. Doing. That's I have a truck. I it's Sometimes good. it's not the car. It's the insurance. Like for me, I got a, I got a heavy here. It's foot. crazy. <laughs> I, I moved from the Midwest foot. and I got here. My insurance went up like 300 bucks on the same vehicle. I'm like, yo, what's going on? But now I've lived here for seven years. I get it. Where did you move from? Omaha, Nebraska. Way up from Nebraska to Texas. Yeah. Your yeah. insurance is going up for sure. Oh man. Yeah. It was a culture shock for real, but after all the un, un, uninsured insurance guys and hit and runs and shootings and stabbings and car wrecks, I get it. Yeah. It's Texas. Right. Well, California's closed, but ain't nobody do it like Texas. Sorry. It's crazy down here. Well, let's let everybody know a little bit about you. We didn't come on here to just talk about cars we like and want and everything else. I mean... When you hit me up about coming on here, I was like, absolutely. And there's several reasons I said that. And I'm going to get into that with you in a minute. But tell everybody a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, where you grew up. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into the car industry. Oh, man, that's to me, that's one of the best stories. And I, once again, I want to say thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. The thing I wanted to talk about the most was how great the car business has been. I think I said that a minute ago when I was yeah. talking about how I'm blessed. And, you know, my whole career, I've been in the car business in some way, shape, or form. You know, I, I'm going to date myself for just a second because when I first got in the car business, it was I was fresh out of high school. A lot of my friends were going to college. And I had a lawn business. And, you know, I saw an ad in the newspaper that said paid training. I can't remember what the number was. It was like $6,000. And you could make up to a hundred grand a year. And I'm like, I, that sounds like something that I, you know, I could get down with. Yeah. So I walked into a store and it was a Toyota store. Um, and, you know, basically the question was, is, um, can you pass a drug test? So I was like, yeah. They're like, well, you start on Monday. I'm like, okay. So... I start selling cars and I'm in used cars. I feel like if I had gone to sell new cars off the bat, I probably wouldn't have had as much success because, you know, inventory, your, you know, invoices are online, you know, everybody, you know, you can't really make any money, especially at the store I was at. I mean, the store is very successful, big successful store. And I yeah. had all the respect in the world for the GM, but, you know, and I, and I wanted to be him someday, but I never really thought that I would get to that level, but I just had a lot of fun. Growing up, I, I loved cars. I, I was the kid that I could see a car coming down the road, and I would see the headlights or the taillights, and be like, oh, man, there's a Corvette, or there's a Firebird, or there's a Chevy truck. I'm like, I, I just had a passion for cars. Now, I was never really good at product knowledge, like if you ask me. I mean, I could sync a phone and get your Bluetooth going now and do all that stuff because I have to sync my phone. But, like, if you ask me That's more, new, folks. He couldn't do that when I bought my first truck from him. I'm well, just back saying. Well, back when I first got in the business, there, was, there weren't internet leads. There was newspaper ads, and that's how I got the job was looking in the newspaper. So things have changed and progressed, and everything's gotten busier and crazier. But the fun hasn't changed. I mean, the people you meet, the salespeople that come into your life, you know, a lot of them, because you spend so much time with them, like I spend more time with the guys I work with, spend more time with them than I did my family. So in a, in a sense, they become my family. 
Yeah. So that's where part of the things that the things that I took out of that that made me feel special was being around these guys. And you know, really, it's crazy money. I mean, to be making the money that I was making at the age that I was, and I mean, and not have student loans or not have to go to school, and you know, it was it was just that's that's how I got into the car business. So how I stayed in it for a long time. You know, just right place, right time, knowing the right people, getting opportunities and just, you know, maximizing those opportunities to where it led me to where I am today. I mean, it's I've had a lot of success, but it's because of the situations that I've been in as well. That's awesome, man. So that right there is where I'll start this with, because those are the reasons why when you a you were like super enthusiastic and excited about it and you're like, if you ever have a slot that I can come on, I'd love to do this. First of all, that's awesome. I, I, I love the fact that we're getting to a point that people are asking to come on the show now and want to be a part of this and what we've created. So thank you for that because that was very humbling for me. But when I watch you over the years, your people that work on your teams absolutely love you. Yeah. I mean, like... They, some of these guys are older than you. Some of them are younger than you. They respect you. They look up to you. And you do treat them like family. So your leadership skills and stuff like that's one of the things I really want to hit on. As well as just you've gotten through the opportunities you've had and which the positions you put yourself in to go through some really amazing training. Um, I'm going to let you talk about that to whatever degree you can because I don't want to say things that would be out of line <laughs> with certain people. But you've gotten to experience some very high-end leadership training and stuff like that, and it really shows in your people. And I think there's a lot to be learned from that because you treat every one of them like they were your kid or, you know, your best friend. And and then that, that gets you know, put out as well to the customer coming in and, and seeing this because the interactions are the same because that's how you treat them. That's how you've managed them. So maybe you can speak a little bit to that and, and your thoughts on the leadership skills there where of how, you, how you've always looked at that and the things that have proven to be the most beneficial to you. For the most part, I want to be, I want to treat people the way that I wanted to be treated. I remembered what it was like to be a new salesperson. Um, I remember some of the struggles I had and some of the things, and you know, believe it or not, the, the reason why I had success is because somebody believed in me. So right. I want people to know that I believe in them. Like if, I, you know, I always ask people to set a goal and then like, well, then I try to get them to increase that. I mean, one of the guys that I work for, a very successful guy that, you know, we both know very well, Yeah. you know, he believed in me. And he yeah. always told me to shoot higher and go for a bigger number. How big is big, right? The, the sky's yeah. the limit, right? To the moon, right? So I believed in always believing in your people and, and, and getting them bought into like, hey, let's think bigger. Hey, that was a good job, but let's, let's press it. Let's go harder. Let's go harder. And I, my success came because people believed in me. I mean, I, I watched my mom struggle through some things growing up, having multiple jobs and seeing, you know, she didn't make a whole lot of money, but she worked really, really hard. So I was like, you know, you don't have to work really, really hard to have success in this business. You just have to take care of customers. Yeah. And, and then 
you know, when you're a manager, you have to take care of employees. So employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction, they kind of go hand in hand because if you have happy employees, the customers are going to be happy. I mean, you don't really see too many mad people mad at a Chick-fil-A, right? I don't yeah. know. Are we allowed to say Chick-fil-A? Yeah, you can say okay. You okay. can well, say so, literally about anything well, you Well, I mean, it's even like traffic merging in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru goes smoother than anywhere merging anywhere else on the planet, right? Yeah. I mean, people aren't mad For at Chick-fil-A. Sure. And everything's always their pleasure. Well, yeah. it's really not their pleasure to serve you fries. I mean, but that's... Yeah. But people are happier there. So, like, I feel like if you have happy employees, they're going to take care of the customers. They're going to be happy, and they'll come back and, you know... Absolutely. I don't know how true that... I mean, I, I had success because I... Again, I never forgot where I came from, where I was going. Yeah. And I wanted everybody to come with me. But you're being very humble, I feel like, about this. And you are a very humble person. But, I mean... I can't say, and I don't even know what these are called. It's probably a good thing because it'd probably identify some of your employers and stuff like that more so. But, I mean, you guys and your team won these biz. And I'm not kidding you, man. This looks like something that would go in a museum. There are these trophies, bro, that are like, the bases are like this. And it's got like a bronze or gold eagle that is like massive wingspan. And when he ran the floor in his department and his, like, glass window thing there, these damn things look like a common figurine that someone decorated with. I mean, they're all over the walls. Like, they run, run out of places to put these things. And these only get given to, like, the best of the best, the top in the whole U.S. Not like, this isn't a local, this isn't a dealership-specific award. This is your top gun. Like, top gun invited, you get these damn... Yeah, but that's definitely not me. That's the team, right? Like, Yeah, our but team you guys have been recognized and gotten... And clarify what those are they're eagle awards for being top buyer top seller at auctions which you know generate income for the store but it takes like a whole group of people in order to get that award it's yeah. not a like my department would get it and yeah. the store would get it and i would make sure the recognition went out to everybody in the store that played a hand in that and when yeah. you do things like that you know people just want to be appreciated sometimes it's not about money but appreciation and when we get those eagles it was it was a big deal and it was a big deal at that store and he threw these like parties for his team man i mean i i remember getting jealous as i'd be in there getting my truck service i'm sitting over there inside and these guys are getting like bomb ass meals catered in He's having private events for him, taking his team out. And the I car mean, business is no joke, man. It but, I mean, like, a, he legit a, takes care of his people. It's commitment when you sell cars because it's customer service. It's like when you get a guy that you buy a car from, that's your guy. If he truly, honestly gets you everything you need and takes care of you after you bought the car, that's the key thing. People don't people buy a car and then, who's your salesman? I don't know. That's one of the key things that I think makes the... You have your doctor you go to, you have your mechanic you go to, you have your guy that you buy your car from. My grandmother bought six cars from the same guy to the day she passed away. She never went anywhere else. That was her guy. And I think he retired. He actually came out of retirement to sell her her last car before she passed. 
He went to the dealership. They let him hood trunk and do everything. Gave him a little bird dog, but she wouldn't even. I don't want none of them. I called Paul Tucker up. He need to come up here. Yeah, yeah. And he met her up there. Sold her a car. I mean, and I'll say this: I don't have a problem saying this on here either. They got my business because Sam Pack treated me so damn bad <laughs> with a Jeep that I bought that was like a lemon that should have been taken back. I bought the very first four door Jeep that came out. Right. They lifted it. I had one of those too. They raised it. You know, like they did everything to it. And that thing would, you could be driving on the highway, man, and it would throw itself out of gear. Because it didn't have that. And I I asked them this like multiple times. The problem was they hadn't built it yet for that drive shaft. They didn't put that expansion on there that when you lift it and change the angle of that, you got to have that little extension on there so that your car will stay in gear. Well, it kept kicking mine out. Well, we went round and round. Then they decided, well, no, there's a problem with the transmissions in these. So they built a whole new transmission for these. Like, it came out like six months later. I was the first one to get that in Texas. They put a whole new transmission in. I literally pull out the part a lot, and it's doing it again. And I'm like, yo, this is not right. And they fought with me, and they're like, well, it's because of your suspension lift. I said, whoa. You put the suspension lift on. I bought it off the lot like that from you. Yeah, you guys did. Like, you guys did this. So, I don't know if you can't just do the lift kit you did on it. Maybe you need to put a true full lifted suspension on it. I don't know, but that's on you. And we went round and round. I literally had to write Sam Pack a letter himself to get anywhere with this. And as much as I loved my sales guy, because I had a really good sales guy, um... I find I was like, I'm done. Like, I, I'm I think done. You, I think you hit it on the head when you said it's a limit. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know Sam personally, but I, I know that he does. He does sell a lot of cars, and they stand behind their stuff. He's, mm-hmm. in my opinion, he was a good good com- competitor for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, a part of the reason why car, car people, car guys, car sales people get a bad rap is because, I mean, they are machines. They do break down. They're not, they're not perfect. Right. I remember I had this sales guy named Curtis. He would tell me, you know, they made these things in Detroit, not in heaven, right? I mean, so, like, I mean, there's some truth <laughs> to that. And if you don't maintain them properly, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we sell warranties sometimes, like, stuff's covered, sometimes stuff's not covered. But at the end of the day, we want to still try to take care of the, the customer. And I think that one thing that I've, if there was one thing I would say that I would say I had some success with was when I had a heat case customer, I wanted to deal with that customer and, and try to come up with a resolution, not just say here's here's your option but give them options right and then not avoid them but like run to the situation and try to take try to extinguish the fire instead of throwing fuel on the fire so you know i mean again how you you handle it right it's how you handle things and how you handle customers and that's why you came back i mean you know i've i've eaten or taken care of a situation that because i know that they're going to come back later on and you know it's just you want to keep those customers in the pipeline all the time Absolutely. So how, how, how do you look at sales and training some of these guys? Because you have trained some of the top sales guys, at least in Texas, if not multiple states. But how, how do you look at that? And what's, what's, your, what's your approach on sales? I, th- I think it's a case-by-case basis all the time with each salesperson because everybody, you train them differently. They all have different hot buds. So the reality is, is you want them all to be successful. I mean, the, my success became because I wanted to make sure you got a paycheck. I knew what it was like to not get a paycheck. So 
what are we going to do today to try to generate income for you so you can pay your bills at the end of the month? Because guess what? On the first, rent's due, right? It doesn't matter who you are. And my success became from, again, I was in their shoes, so I knew when I saw something that I, that I would improve on or change, you stop what you're doing, hit the brakes. Okay, hey, look, you did good, but you could have done better, and this is how we could have done it. So yeah. stop the momentum and, and get them to think, like not so much like me all the time, but like think of the big picture. Like where are we going? You're not just trying to sell 10 cars this month. You're trying to sell 15. And if you're at 15, we're trying to get you to get to 20. So yeah. think bigger, but also correct people as they're going and coach as, as they're going. Because if you hit it at the end of the month and you're like, well, you know, at your end of the month and they didn't hit their goal, then you go back, well, you could have done this. Well, you need to be tracking it throughout the month. Like have a goal and then stay on top of it through the month, not not wait till the end and say, oh, what happened, right? So always be motivating them and keeping them going and having constantly having meetings, but constantly coaching. Always be coaching. So, so are you a big, like, daily scheduler of your time and tasks and goals, or do you break it down more on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly, yearly, or all of the I above? think you got to do all of it. I mean, I you know, I... I would tell salespeople, hey, you know, our contest for the salesman of the year, you got to hit this number to even be talked about even being in the conversation. So what's that breakdown do? Well, how many of them do I have to sell this month? How many of them do you have to sell a week? You know, ultimately, it's about everybody making a certain amount of money and getting paid. You know, I mean, you know, there's a there's a stigma. I mean, everything we do in this country is for a profit. right? Right. So like, you know sell cars, you make money, you have fun, you hang out with the guys and make, you know, make it beats, you know, working in the sun all day long, right? Yeah. Doing construction jobs. I mean, I always liked Whoa, easy, step. easy. Don't be knocking my construction I'm not knocking. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it's, what I'm saying, it's easier. Yeah. I'm not saying the money's better. Yeah. I mean, I know people who build houses, build apartment complexes. They make a lot more money than car guys. Right. I don't know that they have as much fun. Right. I mean, we. I love cars. Oh, I mean, I mean I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. I mean, there was a time point several years ago, early on in my career, that, man, after my experiences with you guys, I was like, man, if this don't work out. Go sell some cars. I'll go sell some cars. Super- and if I was going to, I would want to work with you. Well, I, like, I did have means. one philosophy. I want to make sure you feed the horses. Yeah. So when you're talking about those parties we would have and – you know, like we did a we did a Ricky Bobby party theme party where we had like the I was there for that. Where we had we had tacos, we had hamburgers, we had chicken nuggets, fried chicken, you know, Pepsi, <clears throat> you know, all the stuff that was in the movie a blue Powerade, right? Like yeah. I mean but that's fun. Like the the sales yeah. the sales staff, the whole store participated in that. Not mm. just in sales, but service, advisors, technicians. You gotta have fun, man. I mean, we're yeah. there too much not to have fun. Yeah, because, I mean, car salesmen, I mean, you guys work a lot of hours and a lot of days with very few days off. Hardly any. Well, the ones who have the most success plan their days out properly. Uh, yeah. You know, you do make sacrifices in this business. I mean, there's a lot of holidays and stuff I missed or parties I missed. I mean, I had friends that got married on Saturdays, and I just wasn't there because I had to work. I mean, you know, you have to pick what stuff you can, can and can't make it to. And at the end of the yeah. day, like... I had a vision where I was trying to go. And again, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. But at the end of the day, I don't regret anything, anything that I've done. I'm happier than I've ever been, right? And, I, yeah. and again, again, it led me to my wife. Like, love you, Chanel, if you're out there listening. She's Chanel's probably not, pretty cool. Yeah, so, I mean, she's a car guy, right? So, 
I met her at an auction. I'd see her buying cars. I'm like, who's this girl buying all these cars? Like 17, 18 cars. I'd this ask her, girl outbidding me on everything was the real story. I was like, how many cars you buy today? She said, I bought 18. I said, oh, that's cool. I bought 21. I really didn't buy 21. <laughs> I tell her she's the best buyer at all things under 10 grand because I'd buy the expensive stuff, the Gucci stuff, stuff everybody yeah. wants, stuff that you want, right? His wife's name's Chanel, and he's buying the Gucci stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Come on, Chanel. She's a really good buyer and a hard worker, and I think that's what attracted me to her the most. Was that, yeah. Well, A, that she understood the business, that it was long hours, and you make sacrifices and stuff like that. So, But she's she's awesome. And then, you know, I do see you out occasionally. I mean, the last time I ran into you guys, like, in public, you guys were going to see the old Jersey Shore boy pounding it out. Oh, you guys yeah. were going to the Poly D show or something I like that. I don't even that. know how we got tickets to that. I think Jason Jason and Jackie, I think, had something to do I with that. I love Jackie, too. we got to give a shout-out to Jackie because yeah. we know Jackie's He better listening. be on here. I've been waiting for him to pop off with some, like, crazy comment on here because I'm sure he's watching. If he's not, I'm going to give him a lot of hell because he's giving me a lot of hell all week, like, you, you need to ask Spanky this. You need to ask, ask Spanky this or whatnot. So I got the nickname Spanky just to clarify. With a store that I worked at, there was like 42 Davids that worked. Yeah, please tell this story because the one of the best parts is every time I do send you a referral, everybody's like, I'm like, hey, you got to call my guy Spanky. And they're like, yo. I And it's the same thing I did when I first got your phone, your contact. I was like, what is this dude's real name? Because literally the contact I got sent said Spanky. And I'm like, I am not calling and asking to talk to Spanky. Like, this, I'm being set up. I'm being pumped. And everybody that I do, because you're saved in my phone, is Spanky. And every person that like says that is like, really, you want me to call Spanky to buy a car? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you need to call He's Spanky. He's going to take care of you. He's right. going to take care of you. And I promise you... He's not gonna get mad. He's you're not. I'm not setting you up. You're here. not offending me. You're not offending him. He literally. Most people call him Spanky. So I didn't know his real name for like the first year. Yeah. So I I I got the nickname from a guy named my government name's David, and I got it from a guy named David who was one of the managers. And I had messed up my paperwork or left my paperwork, and they said tell Spanky to get his butt back over here. And the language was not that nice. But again, my mom's listening. <laughs> tell Spanky to get his but back over here and pick up his paperwork he left it over here and it just stuck from there but there was so many davids at the store if you didn't have like a nickname or like one of the guys was his initials you know and then another guy went by his last name but if you didn't have they were going to skate you and what skating is is when they call and ask for david there's 40 davids somebody else oh yeah i'm david i'll take care of you i'll sell you the car because we didn't have all these internet skate alerts where you'd get a notification if somebody was talking to your customer like it was yeah. it was real like i wouldn't say backstabbing but like they would there was i mean it's shady hey, stuff look, that money is money and everybody's going to be a hustler and if you're not hustling and don't you know, I wouldn't say a call sign like Maverick or Iceman or something like that, but Spanky was it. And Spanky's cool until you, like, introduce yourself to, a, like, a lady, like an older lady. She grabs your hand. She won't let go. She's like, so tell me why they call you Spanky, right? Like, and, like, <laughs> winks at you. So, I don't know. It worked for me for a long time. I mean, up until recently, I've, I, I've, I've gone by it. I still go by it. It doesn't offend me. I love it. It gets it break, It's an icebreaker. Right, because people again yeah. when you say spanky, it's most. But my hair sticks up in the back like alfalfa, and that's really the little rascal there. But I look chubby, like 
you know, <laughs> like, like the real Spanky, the character. So that's, that's awesome. the story behind that. Um, again, it, I had some success with it because people come in and ask for Spanky. There's not, I mean, there's like 9 million Jakes. Now everybody's going to raise their hand and be right. like, I'm, yeah, spanky. I'm spanky. Yeah, they, they, they want to deal with Spanky's customers. They're here to see Spanky. Now, when they say, hey, I'm here to see Spanky, somebody knows it's a car deal and they're following them into my office so they can get the deal. Like they want to take care of Gary. Yeah. Because I know it's going to be a done deal. That is an absolute true story. Yeah. Because I remember after I, the first car I bought from you, and I'd come in. Because I'd always, if I was getting service, whatever, I always came and said hello. We shot the shit, hung out for a little bit. But it's funny. If I got there earlier, I beat you in there. Because you'd been pulling an all-nighter, been doing whatever up there, you know, working later. You were at the auction or you know, just weren't there yet. And then they'd be like, hey, uh, can I help you? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm, I'm here to see Spanky. And instantly they're like, oh, well, he, he should be here in, you know, a few minutes. Is there, can we get you some can coffee? Can I get you some coffee? Or, right. You know, you want something from the cafe? You let, know, let me hang out stuff. here with you till he yeah. gets here. Yeah, I mean, is there, can I show you any? Was you, were you meeting with him to see anything spe- uh, specific? Oh, no, no, I was just stopping by. I'm just a good friend, you know? Like, yeah, they, yeah, they I mean, thought that was going to be a they were, like, they were like, they were on it. They were ready to go. You know, I think that has to do with training, too. I mean, when you're training people, you want people to know, like, hey, the referral, we need to take care of our referrals because yeah. they'll send more referrals. Like, customers who are done deals or, you know, come in. I, know, I wouldn't say you're, you're an easier customer, but you've already got, the, I wouldn't say your guard down, but we've gotten through all that. Yeah. You know I'm going to take care of you. We're going to make it happen. It's yeah. going to be a smooth transaction. We're going to get you in and out. It's not going to be six hours. Right? Yeah, you're and not you're not going to at the end go, oh, well, we've got to put this market adjustment on here that we haven't talked about and, you know, all this other stuff. Like, if there's I, anything there. I can't say I'd ever had market adjustments because we definitely. No, <laughs> that's it. But if there was something like that that, ha- that was unavoidable, right. we talked about that before. It was the point of, like, Here's your paperwork and stuff, and like there are you know, any surprises, is what you're yeah. Getting. There's no surprises, right. you know that there. It is what it is, you know. If there's a certain thing you want, like you know, I I drove a Ford Raptor, you know, like that that has or evolved you've into me a on different several thing. GT500s too, and I'm like, dude, man, you're I not supposed do- to say that. My <laughs> wife might be watching by now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we that's, can't deal on those. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like you're like there is no deal on that. Like you're like, but but in fairness, there was a deal because you called me back three months later and you're like, hey man, do you still want that GT500? Because I have a collector or a guy that's bringing one in on a trade. It literally has like 500 miles on it, and I'm about to buy it and bring it back in. If you want it before I put it on the showroom, like you know, we would have customers that would that. buy things and that you know they'd have buyers or more, so they wouldn't drive it. Yeah, and, you know, in that particular car, I remember that car. It was a, a white black, one. It was a white one with the black stripes. With the black stripes. Yeah. So that customer was a collector, and he bought several cars, and then he would have something else coming in. He's like, "Hey, I want to unload my GT500. What do you think it's worth?" And I'd give him a fair number. I mean, yeah. market value for the car. And then if I had somewhere I could lay it down to or somebody could get a deal on it, it was a quick transaction. I wasn't sitting on that money for very long. I'm just right. moving as quick as possible. So, what, what advice do you have for people that are out there car shopping in today's current world? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. Because um, I know the market changing. People, it, it's not the same market even if you bought a car in the last three years. It's not, it's not the same, so... How, how would you suggest people approach it and look at 
buying a car right now? You know, I still believe in buying from a reputable dealership um, and a new car store. You know, I was just, I saw an article the other day that I read that, you know, it was all over Facebook and social media where a guy had bought a car off Craigslist from an individual and the they, stolen one, the stolen one. There was oh, a Chevy truck yeah. that they yeah, it was on the in. news. It was yeah. on the news. Just two I days still ago. think buying from a reputable dealer that has, you know, you know, you may pay a little bit more for the car, but you're going to know the car has been inspected. It's been checked out. You know, yeah. I, I would tell people to like, take it easy. If, if I were going to give some advice, take it easy on the salespeople. I mean, they're out there grinding too. I mean, some of the stuff that they're going to talk about, like market adjustments or ads or this or that, they can't really control that, right? I yeah. mean, you know, you can control, you know, the customer can control who they do business with, but you can also control how you go into a situation. And don't think everybody's trying to take advantage of you. These people work hard for a living. I mean, I remember a sales guy that I had, this customer's on the showroom floor just screaming up and down, yelling and cussing at this guy. And I agreed to sell him the car, but only if he would apologize to the sales rep because he was being disrespectful. And the guy's going to make $100 for selling a car and you're cussing him out and saying yeah. stuff about his mother and stuff. And like, I don't need a car deal that bad. I'm going to let you disrespect a guy that I'm going to work with for a long time. Yeah. Right? So, you know, advice, you know, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of advice except for, you know, buying from a reputable dealer that you've done business yeah. with or a referral or somebody like, you know, if you're going to send me a customer, I'm going to take care of them. You know, go back to the people that treat you right. Right. Uh -huh. I mean, that's really it. I mean, interest rates are rates. Math is math. The banks are going to dictate a lot of things. Your, your budget dictates, dictates a lot of things. I mean, as far as that goes, just, just if you feel, if it feels right, do it. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, there's all these people that are going to try to pull one on you. I don't, I don't know that, you know, that I don't believe in that. I, I believe that, you know, people always say, well, did I get a good deal? Are you happy with the payment? Are you like, do you love the car? I mean, you're the one making the payment. You're the one paying, making the paying the insurance on it. So yeah. if you love it and it feels right, then it feels right. I mean, it's a good deal is all relative to what people, what you can afford and what is in your budget. And if you like the car, I mean, I, I think people who get bad deals, you know, really, they got a bad deal because their interest rates high. Yeah. What do you, What do you think about leases versus buying a car? I, I think you know a lease. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, I, I've had people that have bought a lease and they've been buried because, you know, their job changed and they put a lot of miles on the car. I mean, cars are depreciating assets, right? Mm -hmm. If you put a lot of miles on a car, right, you're going to lose money on it. It's just, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, you can have the best credit in the world and have 0% interest and put a lot of miles on a car. It's still going to, you're going to lose money on it. Very few of them go up in value. I mean, very, some exotics you can drive somewhat for free. You still got to pay for interest and insurance. But like the everyday car that you just buy off the lot, especially right now, if there's market adjustments, you're going to be upside down. Unless you put big money down or you had a trade. Yeah. Yeah. What a... Man, I feel like you haven't even got to like really. We haven't had a much. Like, yeah, you you're so zoned in over here. I know I got sometimes slower everybody down because, I mean, you haven't even got to enjoy this awesome cigar you picked. Like, and thank you, this guy. Like, he brought me cigars and a gift on the on the show to be uh, when he came on the show. And like, I was like, man, I've already got you cigars. I like, don't worry about. It. But what I did get you was uh, what I what I love is he got the. Uh, Patoro Terra Blanche. 
Oh, yeah. Which is Definitely. an excellent cigar. Winner, winner, winner. That is something I smoke very regularly, keep at my house and here in my locker. Um, so there's a Toro XO here as well, which if you haven't had that, that is like the Ferrari of that. I love that. So, yeah, that's one I'm looking forward to getting to hear about. So what what are some of your other hobbies? Like what, what do you like to do when you're not – David Spanky selling cars and into cars. What do you, what are some of the things that people might not know about you? Man, that's that you're an excellent into? question. I like to fish. Fishing, right on. And I like spending time with my friends and family. I, I, you know, I like to hunt. Recently, I went on a goose hunt. That was one of the craziest things I've ever done. I mean, we where'd y'all go? We went to Biggers, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a pretty neat deal because, like, it was an old school. Like, the, the city had gone bankrupt, and they turned this old school into the hunting lodge. And it was one of the most unique experiences in that, like, I will never stay in the hunting lodge again. In fact, when I got there, <laughs> one of the guys was like, hey, go check out the bathroom. And I was like, disgusting. And I'm not, like, super bougie. I mean, I did marry a girl named Chanel, but... <laughs> the bathroom was just good. Like, I have some standards. Like, there's some yeah. things. Like, I, I have, I'm a big guy. Certain level of cleanliness. I, I consider myself a part-time air circulation specialist, so I have to have AC or a fan going, and I have to have cleanliness. I, could, I would rather have slept on the ground outside than in this place, but the hunt was amazing. Like, we, I mean, the birds get within, like, Tornado 15 feet of you. You're just like, bop, bop, bop. I mean, it was, uh, it was just unbelievable amount of fun. And I was with some of my really good friends, and there were car guys that just happened to be off for the weekend, too. And we'd been talking about doing it for a couple of years, and we finally got a chance to do it. So, you know, hunting, fishing, those are my hobbies. And then, you know. Um, what do you like to collect? I know you're a big collector. So I like really collect. I love guns. I collect guns. I, I don't want to talk about that right now because you get me in trouble. I don't want to get you in trouble. You're not going to get you me. You already threw a couple out there on me, so I figure I'll throw a couple I feel back like out that's there. a bear trap, and I'm going to get in trouble, and I'm going to, like, my wife's not going to talk <laughs> to me for a while. But I love collecting guns, super rare guns that other people can't find. Um, and <clears throat> Jordans, I guess, would be my other. I loved. I'm a huge shoe guy. I'm getting back into that. Like I've gotten the itch, and I've I've had to start buying some I, shoes. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I grew up like crazy poor, but I did grow up with like I had to work mow yards to Same buy thing. the stuff that I wanted. Same thing. And Jordans, so, even when we were a kid, were like 140 bucks. Right. And like everybody had them, and I had. I remember. <laughs> Mom, I had British Knights. I, so I, I was just going to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> my mom took me to Mervyn's and bought me a pair of British Knights over the Derek Coleman's. And I'm walking to school and I'm pitching everybody out. These are the greatest shoes. Man, Jordan's, man, Jordan's nothing. I got Derek Coleman's. British Knights, baby. And they were like trash money records. I mean, they weren't a bad shoe, but they weren't the greatest shoe. They weren't as cool as the Jordans. But they did a hell of a job trying to look like some Jordans. They did. And I, and I told everybody they were cooler than Jordans. And they just, they just weren't. <clears throat> so now that I can buy Jordans, I buy them. In groups of three, and so like when they come in one box, Chanel doesn't see them all. But again, that's another bear trap. But I do like me some Jordans. Has them delivered to the store? Yeah, I, I, I've had <laughs> stuff delivered to the store. I normally do all my buying around my birthday or her birthday or Christmas, so I can say, "Hey, don't open those packages. Could be something for you." Really? Yeah. It's, it's exactly. For me. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, uh, what happened to that package I was looking for? Um, <laughs> Don't see it anyway. You know they got a photogenic memory, man. Be careful. Got you can only use that so many times. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I also got a downward, like, I'll hang out with my friend Gus. Who, yeah. 
We call I him. need to meet Gus. I, I see you posting with Gus all the time. So he's like, uh, I mean, he's one of my best friends. And he's, again, he's like family. He's a guy I worked with for a long time, you know, for, you know, six years. But I've known him longer than that. I've known him probably 12 years. But he's one of those guys I go to the gun store. and he'll, He's down like I am to buy a new gun. So I'll buy a gun, he'll buy a gun, he'll buy me a gun, I'll buy him a gun. And that way, she, when she asked, did you buy a gun? I'm like, no, Gus bought me this. Well, technically, Gus did buy this. I just happened to buy him one that's identical to it. So <laughs> <laughs> I just told all my secrets all at one time. Well, good thing I don't see Chanel on here right now, so you should be safe. She'll no, watch it later. She, she goes and watches it. You'd be in trouble. From, you know, back to the car deal, when I talk about motivation – you know, believing in people and giving them opportunities, I feel like that's what was given to me and that's what I want to put out there. You know, I'll tell you a really quick story about a guy I met. In my, in my most recent job, I travel a lot to the southeast. And I saw this young man, and, and I hope, hope one day he hears this because I want him to understand that, like, it was really, really cool for me how it all played out. And I didn't know it was going to play out this way, but... I met a kid that was standing outside and you know when you're selling cars you know you get you get internet leads and you get phone yeah. calls so you're either inside waiting for the leads or you're waiting for phone calls for customers to call and you respond as the as best you can as fast as you can i mean response time's a really big deal but accurate responses are even bigger but this kid wasn't on he was a new hire and he stood outside all day for like the first week that I was in, in, in Atlanta, like from open to close and wouldn't give up. And every day he was in my sales training meeting where I'm coaching him up, telling him things that I would do or things that I would see or, you know, try to coach this kid up. And, and, and he just, his appearance wasn't that great. So I hired a, a girl to come in and do haircuts, but I didn't want to single him out. So I got four people's haircuts and I took care of it because it's appearance is important. Like you introduce yourself before you introduce yourself. And if there was yeah. one thing I could say, that's like you need to do as a salesperson. If you're an advisor, or any sales man, constantly be smiling, you know? And I, a guy told me the other day, he used to tell people he would act like when he was talking to a customer on the phone, he would act like he's talking to himself in a mirror. Like he could see his reflection. Cause if you're smiling, talking on the phone, you like, you're, you're just upbeat, you're uplifted. So I was like telling him like, Hey man, focus on your appearance. Make sure you look nice. Cause people will respect you more if you look nice. Well, this kid, I say kid, he's a man. I mean, he's, he's in his twenties and I, I did, I don't know what I just, I saw something in him and I was like, you know what? We got to get, I got to help him out. So the last day I'm there and I remember the day, cause I got a call that said, Hey, come back, come back in town spend some time the holidays with her family and uh i had taken him to kohl's and bought him some clothes and shoes and stuff and i don't want to tell her the guy's name or anything yeah, like that. yeah. But, you know he asked me why i was doing that i said well because I, there's a difference between a hand out and a hand up right and when you get to a point i believe in you and i know you can do this because i've seen you stand outside and you you have no quitting most people would have quit i mean we got this joke that people come in for the first day and the lunch monster gets them. They leave for lunch and they never come back. We call it the lunch monster. And he just didn't, he wouldn't give up. And I just told him, hey man, believe in yourself. Keep going, right? And then like, yeah. don't give up. Like if, I don't want you to pay me back, but don't give up. And in, in the future, if you get a chance to do something for somebody, pay it forward. Like the general manager of the store was on agreement with me that like appearance was important, that we needed to do something to help the kid out. I say kid again. I, I don't mean to call him a kid. Everybody's a kid to me that's younger than me. And I, I look at them right. like I, you're I, not being insulted. I see my I see myself in yeah. him in some in some ways. 
And I remember like a guy telling me, hey, man, don't buy those cheap Payless shoe store shoes. I mean, I had gone, when I first started selling cars, I had gone to Payless shoe stores. Yeah. I don't think those stores are around anymore. They may be. I don't think so. I haven't seen one in a while. But I'd buy like $20 shoes yeah. and put them on because I wanted to look the part. Like I you mean, had a new pair of shoes I had on. braces. I was chubby. I like, I had to like, I tried to look good, but like on a budget, man. I was, it just didn't work. So I took this kid, got in some clothes. Fast forward to February. I'm back in town where this kid's at in Atlanta and I'm talking to him and I'm saying, hey man, what are you tracking? And I had already known, I had already heard from the general manager. He was having a big month. And, you know, he told me I'm tracking to do 12 or 13. And I told him, I said, well, that's good, but you can get to 15. February 28th, he texted me. He said, you were right. I got to 16 and a half. And he made a lot of money. I mean, he made eight grand, $8,000. And he's a young salesperson. I said, that's great. Yeah. What are you going to do with that money? Because it's not how much you make, it's how much you save. So put some of that money back for a rainy day because you don't know what next month will bring. And he thanked me. And he's like, but more importantly, he said, you were right. I said, I'm not right. I, I believed in you. You were right. You knew you could get there. You believed in yourself to get there. And you pressed harder than I, than I thought. I just told him he could get to 15. Yeah. 16 and a half. And currently right now, he's one of the top salespeople at the store. So that's awesome. I don't say that because I want to pat on the back because I did anything because somebody did that to me. But it's that's what it takes to be a really good, in my opinion, not a boss, but a leader is believing in people and pushing them to believe in themselves and go for a bigger number. Again, my my boss, leader, friend believed in me and gave me an opportunity yeah. and, and put these people's trust in my hands. And when you sell a car at a store like I was at, 34 people get fed off that car it's not just the salesperson or the manager it's the assistant sales managers it's the title clerks it's the technicians that service the car it's the detail guys the you know again finance all there's just so many support personnel that if we don't sell a lot of cars they don't have jobs either mm -hmm. you, know, you have a store that has 200 employees you know you're sell, you have to sell a lot of cars to provide for those people so i feel like as a team my motivation was to, hey, man, don't give up because these other people are counting on you. So what do you think about, like, these new models? I mean, that's awesome, like a Carvana and stuff like that, where they're literally trying to take it to where there's well, now, didn't Carvana few... just go bye-bye or something just no, happened? No, they're still, they're uh, they're still, still around. But, I mean, like, you have Carvana and you have some of these other places where they're, they're literally trying to put as few people in the store as possible and you don't have the same customer relations and the service and all that. Like what, what are your thoughts on that and how some people are trying to change that model right now? You know, I think people want a better customer experience Absolutely. and Carvana. I mean, Carvana is trying to do that. COVID kind of helped them, helped them. It, it also helped us realize that we have to do a better customer experience as well. I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel by saying this. I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this or, Say, well, you know, the reality is, is anywhere you go, you want a better customer experience. I mean, customer service has sucked since COVID. I mean, it was getting bad before that, but COVID. The reality is people don't want to work. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say that. And it's, it's in some cases, it's made us lazy uh, because, you know, when there's supply and demand issues, people are like, well, if you don't buy it, somebody else will. And I'm not saying that that's a 
bad tactic. I mean, you know, during COVID, I mean, we made a lot of money. A lot of people made a lot of money. I mean, I had a buddy of mine that was in lumber business. He made more money, you know, yeah. selling lumber than Whew. than we did in the car business. It's just supply and demand, and yeah, you know, I mean, transportation, logistics, fuel prices go up. I mean, I was at a I was at a convenience store the other day. I was buying a Celsius drink, and I looked down. And I see a candy bar's two oh nine. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. For a for a Snickers, it's two oh nine, and if you buy two of them, you get a they got a two for a special. But I'm still like. Three dollars and fifty cents for two candy bars. Used to be ninety-nine cent. A right. car wash at the gas station now because of the new laser technology and everything else that's happening now. You could go. I mean, I can't because my truck's too damn wide to go through it. But a normal person with a normal vehicle going through a car wash, they used to be five ninety-nine, seven ninety-nine, and then like the super premium one was like nine ninety-nine. Those have all gone up now. Like that's just the drive-through at the gas station. It's now nine ninety-nine is the base model, twelve ninety-nine and fifteen ninety-nine, just to like get, get the wash. gas station. Even the subscriptions. I know at the one the just right over here, it was thirty-five, and then I went down the street because I like this one a little bit better. That's right here, same service center. It's sixty bucks a month now. For a car yeah. wash. For a car wash, you know, yeah, it's unlimited, blah, blah, blah. But it used to be 35 and if you have two cars, they take it down. Now, he's like, it's 60 bucks per car. Per car. I was like, damn, what, what soap is that much now? But it's just the it's, cost it's, of everything is going It's up. not even that. It's just the labor rates have gone up so much, you know. And, you know, we tell people, you know, it, people think that it's not a real deal. But, like, when you're paying people, I mean – Think about what Chick-fil-A, I say Chick-fil-A a couple of different times because I, I love their business model. Their cust- they take care of customers, they but, but they pay their employees, right? I, would, I saw a, t- a taco place not too long ago over here in Frisco. They started at like 15 bucks an hour. Well, why would you want to go work at a car wash and dry off cars when you could work at the chicken place and make 15 bucks I an hour? I read an article. I don't know if it no. was Chick-fil-A or it was one of those places, but you're talking about like managers and GMs are making six figures at these places. Yeah, Bucky's, Bucky's. Is Bucky's is doing like 100 Whoa. grand. The Buckies, like the big Buckies, the yeah, the, yeah, the, the ultimate gas Texas corporate yeah, but gas station to be in charge of that zoo. They you got the better biggest be making... wallet gummies out there. I love that place. My Legal man. gummies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Man, y'all are making me miss all this. Like this diet thing is like I have, I'm with you. So I, I'm sitting up here filling up my noom right now. I just, but to answer your I question, have 300 calories left. To answer <laughs> your question, the customer experience is the most important thing, and that's what they were trying to do. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, people still want a human interaction. They just want it to go faster. And the more the, the more we can get, you know, the faster we can get people in and out of the store, the happier they are. We found that out as well. So getting a lot of the stuff done before they get there is something that a lot of stores, there wasn't just our store, but a lot of stores, they, they just don't want to spend six hours on a Saturday. That was my biggest complaint. The I last think- car I bought, I ended up missing my son's final football game because I was buying a car. And they literally drug it out for five hours and they i mean i'm not saying all car dealerships and i worked at a car dealership but once i got to f and i it should have been done i had to check and everything let's go and they literally i pulled up to the game i said hey look at my new car and my wife literally flipped me off and drove off because the game was over (laughs) yeah and she was like and she hated my toyota she hated that car for like a year just because i i went in the game was at two o'clock i went to the dealership at 10 i didn't get there till almost three and I picked yeah. out the car I wanted within the first 20 minutes. Yeah, see, that's one of those things with the place he was formerly at that I was a 
a uh, big fan of. I mean, like, you didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. And that, that's why I referred people to them. Like, you know, I would tell people, call Spanky. He's probably not going to deal with you directly, but he'll oversee it and he'll review it before it gets, like, finalized and that's done. So call him. He's going to put you up with the guy that, he, that, you know, guy or girl that needs to, you know, talk to you to help you out with what you need that's available, get you taken care of. He'll overlook it. But, you know, one of the things that I know since COVID at the place you used to work, when they closed down the cafe and never opened up the cafe again, that was a huge thing, man. Like, I mean, I know they added, like, pickup and drop-off service within a certain radius and stuff, and that was just kind of, like, part of the deal. And that's cool and stuff, but, man, if you sit there and you know you've got, you know, they're telling me it's 45 minutes to an hour to get my oil changed, my tires rotated, get my inspection report, all that stuff, and you're like, looking, you're like, uh, man, I mean, by the time I do all this and that, like, I might as well just stay here. But then when you take away one of those little luxury things that you, like, had up there, I don't understand why places do some of that stuff because there's some places that, you know, before COVID, I thought they did an exceptional job of really elevating your experience and having certain things there just so that you were more comfortable, more relaxed, you had more options. Even if you wasn't free, you know, like, you know, buy your breakfast. Maybe you were already running late. You had to get out early to get that 7 o'clock appointment, you know, to drive there. Because, I mean, I used to drive there from 380 and 423. You know, you live over there, so you know what my drive was. I'd get that first appointment. i go there, well, all right, man, I'm going to cut short breakfast. I'm, all right, I'll eat a bigger lunch, whatever. But then I get there, and it's like, all right, I've got an hour, hour and a half. He says an hour. But then they're going to offer to wash my truck, and it really needs washed. So I might as well stay here. And it's like... Well, shit, I mean, yeah, I've got free Wi-Fi. I can sit here and knock out some work. I can take some calls. But, man, having that little cafe there and being able to do that, like, that was a huge plus. I, I, and you know what? That was a luxury we had at that store, and there were some people yeah. that liked it. And when, when, it, when we didn't bring it back, you know, ultimately, it's, it's just a staffing issue. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I get you it. You can't afford to staff people to work there and the schedules. And, you know, you're dealing with, you know, I wouldn't say – what it boiled down to was staffing. It wasn't that we didn't want to do it for customers because we did have some not so good feedback about not opening open it back up. And, you know, ultimately, you know, you're working there and you want something to eat. You can't get out of the store. You go by there and grab a snack. I mean, it worked out great. For even you guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a big bonus for, I mean, not just us, technicians, advisors, you know, yeah. accounting personnel. And it was great food. Like, for it's, a little like mini restaurant. It's great if you're there every once in a while. But yeah, when you're there every, every day. day, right? You, you get a little tired of the paninis, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, fair enough. But I mean, like, even if you were like, you know, I think back to when I was like, when I was first when I was working out hardcore dieting like I am now. But like, there were healthy choices and stuff that I could really like lean into and stuff like well, that. Well, customers like, like the coffee and be able to get, you know, coffee, like salespeople got Red espresso, Bulls, espressos. Cappuccino. Again, it boiled down to just staffing. Yeah. And, and, and COVID really, you know, at, at one point we had to reduce the amount of staff we had in the building altogether. Yeah. So once you get rid of, you know, just, and that was a business within its business. That really wasn't our business. Yeah. You know, we subcontract that out and it yeah. just didn't, it didn't come back. It was, you know, it wasn't something that we were planning on doing, but it just happened. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. What, uh, so you had a podcast for a while. <laughs> like, maybe we should dive into this a little bit. So, like, what was your podcast and what, what was your goal with it? I know you're talking about you might be bringing it back to life and there might be some new episodes here soon. So, I, I've, well, after talking to you about podcasts and, again, listening to Randy's podcast and, you know, you you telling Randy Sullivan that you listened to all his podcasts and he apologized to you for, because some of them weren't very good. Yeah, I mean, he has, I mean, in all fairness, in what you're referring to is Randall Sullivan, a good friend of mine that I went to high school with and stuff. He has Bourbon Real Talk and he has blown that up between that and someone say whiskey and all his super other impressive. Business. Great job, Randy. Randy's Randy's a great, great guy. Um, love Randy to death. He's he, he's given me a lot of great advice. He's helped me a ton. Um, Randy, um, with his podcast, you know, he started out same thing, you know, just doing something that he wanted to do. He wanted to put out there talking about something he was passionate about and loved. And he's gone through the growing pains. You know, that's four or five years of the to get to where he is now, to right. where he is now, where he has thousands of followers and you know YouTube subscribers, subscribers. Yeah. He's got Patreon. Yeah. He's like, got, share, comment, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he he's done it. He's done it right. He's had some hard lessons, good lessons, you know. And I thought that was really cool on the episode to get to see and get to talk about because you know I'm I'm just now starting to go through some of that, not even all of it, but you know. He's helping me a lot, too, in avoiding some of those pitfalls and stuff. So I think it's really cool to see that and to be able to, to do that and talk about those things. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't come on here to plug what I had done, but I had fun with my podcast with, yeah. with my guys. I, I say it was mine. It was, it was me and one of my really good friends, and then we had Gus the Greek on there. Yeah. You know, it's one of those situations that I love content. Good yeah. content, bad content, content's content. The reality is, is I feel like people will relate to some of the stories that I have or stuff that I've been through. Absolutely. And even if it's not car business, like the customer experience, you can use that in any business. It's insurance. Yeah, it's the relatableness of the story and the pitfalls and seeing somebody try to, they set a goal or an objective and they go after that, they pursue it. And the journey of going through that, getting there, and where it ends up. Yeah, so, so I bought a bunch of stuff on Amazon. I don't want to say a dollar amount. I didn't do that, like, Sarah. Your See, setup you is proud? way more. Yeah, you did. You did good, Garrett. This this <laughs> setup here is really cool. I even bought podcasts for dummies, the book, right? Because yeah. I wanted, I was gonna have me a podcast. Like, yeah, I just thought it was cool. I like again, you just tell stories. Like, I have so many stories and so much thing that like brings me to where I am today. I want to share those things. Like, yeah. I'm not writing a book. Absolutely. I'm not writing a blog. I can sit here and talk on a mic for hours. It's easy, right? right? It's just fun. And like, you're super critical of those other things. That's why I did this because you forget about this and that everybody else out there. And Biz, you do a good job. Listening to this. Biz does a great job. <laughs> Biz is my boy. You so, know, you, 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 you forget about these things and it makes it easier because, you know, at the end of the day, people just want to hear the story and they want to they want to be able to relate to it. They want to be able to pull something out of it. You know, like the same thing as like the certain type of books you read to better yourself. If you can capture those stories and tell them, you know, a lot of people have a lot of time in their car or on a treadmill or 
walking or walking their dog or whatever. And that's how they unwind. They want to, they want to listen to that. They want to hear a voice tell them and, and listen to that and then relate to it and be able to pull and extract things from that. So that's, that's what I think is really cool. And that's what I, I mean, I'm totally, we talked about this earlier, but encouraging you to get back on that and do that because there's tremendous value in that, I think, and sharing those stories because everybody has that and it's just what you can relate to or not relate to that helps you through those times and to be able to see that you know it's like having somebody believe in you like you said earlier where if you're able to tell that story and it might might not be your proudest moment it might be xyz or it might be you know this time that you really went through a struggle well guess what somebody else is having that struggle someone else has had that someone else is going through that so to be able to talk about that and put that out there and maybe give them some other insight. I mean, you brought up Randy. I'll bring it up again. Randy came in here and we had a great podcast. Absolutely loved it. Had a great time with him. And then Randy, Biz, and I sat in here for probably another hour and a half after the show. And I asked Randy questions based on things he had said or, you know, questions I had that we didn't get to on the show. And man, he dropped so much knowledge on me and made me question literally like damn near everything. And like even if you wanted to do it. I was just sitting here, not not to that extent of like, not if I want to do it, but I was like, damn, am I doing this all wrong? Like, wait, am I not valuing this enough? Have I done, should I do this? Should I not do this? Can I ask this already? Like, have I earned the ability to do that? And Randy's like, yo, I told people from the get, like, I didn't have sponsors for XYZ. It was all out of my pocket. It's something I was passionate about, something I was doing. I told them to get is X amount of dollars. You want to be my sponsor? You want to be one of the two? Because I'm, I'm going to let more than two of you do this. Yeah. This is my value. Like, I don't give a shit what the viewers and subscribers say right now. But you want to take up this much time. I have this much invested. I have this going. And you just want to jump in here on this? Like, you have to value that to a certain degree and and believe in that and feel strong in that. And, I mean, he made me question a lot of that stuff. And I was sitting here going, I mean, Biz was like, Biz had to, like, give me a little pickup, you know, and, like, <laughs> talk to me for a minute. Because it was like, I was like, Goose, I need you. Goose, help it me was, out. It was just a reality check that was needed for everybody. And, like you said, if somebody... Right to makes a blueprint, you have to look at it, study it, and follow it. And yeah. when, you're, when you're finding your own way at first, you think you're doing it right, but you have your own pitfalls, your ups, your downs, and all that. But that's just even what made us kind of even fine-tune what this podcast is about. It's your journey to where you came from to where you are, and just how did you use your common sense to get there? Hey, yeah. That's what I'm talking about right now. It's like the stuff that I went through, I want people to say, hey, this is what it takes to have some success. Yeah. And really, a lot of times it's team success. Yeah. Like I always give credit to my team because I know without, I couldn't sell 200, 300 cars by myself. Yeah. You know, the guy shooting the pitchers, he plays a role in that. You know, me pricing, I play a role. Gus buying the cars plays a role. My managers working the deals. Play. There's so many people that are involved with selling the cars, but like the roadmap to get there, the blueprint. It's similar in every business, right? Yeah. You have a goal. How are we going to get to it? Let's work together, accomplish that goal. At the, at the end of the day, the only goal is to make sure you get paid. Yeah. I mean, I, I do the same thing with my estimators. I have a team of estimators that work with me. And 
I have a hard time doing that with them sometimes because I don't think that all aligns and they don't see it. But, you know, I did their job for a long time. Right. And not necessarily, I think some of the bigger problem is not a lot of them want my job. You know what I mean? Like it, oh, it's they a think lot. they do. They no, 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 no. In my, in my specific situation, they don't want my job. They, they want to continue to be estimators, and they, they, want, to, they want to stay in that lane. They, they, want to be, they want to be recognized, and they want to, like, really move up in, in the estimating world. But not many of them actually want my job. Like, they don't actually want to sell. Like, they, the sales part, they're, they're not they're as interested in. Right. And, and that makes it a more of a challenge for me a lot of times because I can't do what I do without them. I mean, like, they are my right-hand man. You know, like, I've got three of them. They, and, and I appreciate them. They, they work so hard, and they do a great job. And, you know, I sometimes feel like they don't, they don't see or recognize that, like, I, I've done what they've done, and I'm, I'm trying to help them do better at that and keep their workload managed and everything else. So, you know... It, it, it's a struggle sometimes doing all that and like, you know, making sure you're giving them all the tools to do that when it would probably be, you know, sitting here talking about this and looking at it, it would be easier if one of them did want my job. You know what I mean? Because I, 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 mean, I can show you the steps. Like, I, I can help you on that path. But helping them just get better at what they do specifically and being more productive, whatever, that, that's a lot harder. Well, you know, sometimes you got to be get uncomfortable yeah. to have some su- success. Yeah, for sure. Right, like, and I, and I talk about sacrifices, and, you know, it's in, in every business where, you know, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, you're going to go get what you feel like is yours. Like, you know, know your worth and add tax. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those deals that when you're in the grind, I remember when I was young in the car business, I would, I didn't have... I didn't always have the best paychecks on a Friday and I would calculate how much I was making by the amount of hours that I was putting in. And then like one guy tells me one time, Hey man, you need to work harder, not smarter, smarter, not harder. I mean, not smarter, not harder. It's like, if you would just do these things and focus on this, you'll do better. And really what it boiled down to is, is like, you know, I wanted to take my days off. I didn't want to have to be there open to close bell to bell, but I also wanted to make more money. So, you know, what do I, what can I tweak? And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting yeah. a different result. Yep. Well, I was doing the same thing. I was putting a lot of hours and still at the end of the week, I was like, man, if I broke this down, I didn't really make that much money. Now I break down my check. I'm like, wow, man, I make, you know, you know, and it's I pretty think, good. Yeah. And I think that's amazing too. You know, you and I talking off air earlier, I would say, and I think you would say too, at your previous role, you were very successful. I appreciate that. And you put a lot of hours in. I did do that. And, you know, now you're in a position where you're just as successful, if not more successful, but it's a different role. Yeah, it's different. And, you know, to go from, like, one speed to another, that's... It's hard. It is hard. And, you know, I feel like... You know, Chanel works from home, and I'm at home a lot now. And she's like, "Hey, you got to get out of the house." Yeah, will you get out of my will hair? You leave. Yeah. So, uh, married but, life's different, huh, bro? Yeah. Well, you know, when you know, we've only you been load married. the dishwasher wrong now. Yeah. No, if I I just I, <laughs> I breathe wrong, and I'm in trouble sometimes. But I lo- I love you, Chanel. <laughs> I, I would say that um, 
you know, again, a lot of my success has been because people believed in me and I believed in my team, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't be anywhere I am today if somebody didn't give me an opportunity. So I believe in giving people opportunities, but also showing them the blueprint on how to get there because I've been there. Like, they'll buy into that. And if you work hours, you can ask other people to work hours. You, you make sacrifices. They see you make sacrifices. They'll make sacrifices. It comes from, you know, like on 4th of July, I'm out there cooking for the guys. Look, I'm not a very good cook. Like, making hot dogs and hamburgers for 200 people is not my specialty, right? But I want them to eat, so I want to take care of them. And, yeah. and, and, and they, get, they buy in. It's real easy. Like I said, you feed the horses. You're making an effort. Right. And you're showing it. And, I, and my, I, some of them would tell me that food was good. I know they were lying to me. But anyways, I, I, I loved my team. Again, they were family. I, you, know, if, you know, probably if I could had done some things different, I probably would have. And then maybe again, maybe I wouldn't have. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm happier where I am now. I mean, you know. I, I, I still stay in contact with all my friends and family at the, my previous job. I love them. I mean, it's just, they're, again, they're family. I love it. Absolutely. All right. Here's one I'm going to throw out to you. And I'm going to throw this one out early just because oh, I know I can. I know you're going to stump me. Stump you? I, I don't know. So you, I know you don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have kids. But if you had... A young kid, let's just go with, you know, teenage years or whatever, college, whatnot. What piece of advice would you want to give them that you feel would really help them out in life? You know, I, I think the biggest problem that we have in this country, and I say this country because it's a, it's a, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about credit. We don't talk about the importance of credit, managing money, and bank accounts. Uh, you know, they, they talk about, you know, I mean, credit can affect your life for a long time. I mean, I, I messed up my credit at a young age. And it took me a long time to get it to where I could buy things. You know, I've, yeah. I've got, you know, $100,000 Bronco, right? Like, I mean, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, like, I never thought that, A, the vehicles would be that much money. Yeah. Or, or C, that I would be able to buy one. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, you look at a Bronco or a Raptor. I mean, even a Raptor. Right. They're 90 the grand. The first one I bought, I bought brand new, no miles on it, 2013 for $62,000. It's yeah, a lot of money. But And that was a lot of money. But then my second one I bought with like, I don't know, what did it have? Like 6,000 miles on no it? No miles. 6,000 so miles on it. And it was a 2017 and I bought it for like $67,000. You can't scratch the surface of a, just a normal Raptor for like less than $90,000, $95,000. Yeah, I read somewhere today that the average new car, the average car is going to be around fifty grand pretty soon. And it just seems crazy because I remember cars, you know. Seven, eight, nine thousand dollars under yeah, ten grand. Kia when they first you came buy out. Cars, yeah, I was about to say you buy like a seven thousand dollar Kia. Hyundai. I mean, I was in high school. Hyundai's were new. Yeah, new Corolla started like twenty one grand, <clears throat> twenty two grand for a Corolla. Like you could used to be able to buy pickup trucks for that. Mm-hmm. Now you can't touch them. So if there was some advice I'd give you is like you're not owed anything. You got to go out there and get what you want, and then really focus on making them understand credit and how it affects you long term. And how you could, you know, really, really 
I wouldn't say manipulate that, but understand it to where it benefits you long term. I mean, the difference between interest rates, you know, 4% and 18% based off bad credit, it's a big deal. Yeah. Hellcat Charger. <clears throat> Hellcat Charger. Challenge. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, are, are there any other lessons like that that you feel like you learn in the car industry that you maybe learned through doing your job that apply to other areas of your life that you wish you'd have learned earlier or maybe like you, you know, had I mean, the your reputation, side? your brand is everything. Yeah. I, I'm my own brand. You're your own brand. Right. Like if your name, it is what it is. I mean, you want to take care of your name, like protect the brand. Right. My, my last name is my brand. Your last name is your brand. Like, don't do anything that would, repu- you know, you know. Tarnish your. Right. Like, why? Like, why? Yeah. I like, can think about consequences. I, I remember, like, my mom was really, really, like, when I was a kid, my mom was really chill about a lot of things. And I probably got a lot away with a lot of stuff when I was a kid that I probably shouldn't have got away with. And there's some, there's some stuff I probably should have gotten in trouble for. But I didn't. And if I did, I probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, do some things that I've done. You know, I, I had, you know, I know some people that have made some bad choices in their life based off of, you know, stupidity at a young age. And, like, it ruined their brand, like, who they are. They can't get jobs. Like, you know, I, I don't think that, I think education is important. I think knowledge is even more important. I think, you know. Yeah. You know, Real content and data surpass, you know, the price of oil these days. I mean, so, like, I think good content, good data, your brand, you know, I, like, one of our five rules at the store, the company I work for now is protect the brand. Mm-hmm. And that that's not just for the stores. That's that's your your, your brand. Like, yeah. you, like if, again, you tarnish that, there's no going back. Like, it's out there. Yeah. Especially with, like, social media. I mean, yeah, you think it's about, all on there. We didn't have that. I mean, MySpace entered the world and it changed. Let's think about Michael Jordan for a second. Yeah. Michael Jordan's the best athlete of all time, in my opinion. And that's, again, it's my opinion. Fa- you, know, f- you know, people say it's fact. He was the best when there was no social media. He's the GOAT. Greatest I got of a all question time. for you. Okay. Kobe or LeBron, who's better? I got to go with Kobe. My man. I agree with that a thousand percent. And our boy has entered the room, albeit it's 7.30, Jackie Boyd. What's up, homie? I saw you get a big smile on your face. Yeah, you I looked down and saw it. I was like, oh, he's finally in. He must have got done, like, washing the dishes or something, you know. Jackie's back. You know, when you talk about Jordan, you talk about Kobe. Those guys were super, super intense. And, you know, one of the things like Jordan and Kobe, you know, one of their philosophies was people would save up money to go to a game, so they wanted to play every night. But people were like, they were coming to see Kobe. They were coming to see Jordan. They would they would do whatever they could. And Kobe to be on the played, court. played. Yeah, I, I can't. And he stand wasn't the this. most liked guy on the team. No, there I mean, was Jordan. I mean, people, you hear them talk about him like he wasn't the greatest guy, but he motivated them. To As a Mavs that. fan, I mean, I hated Kobe. Yeah. I mean, I hated Kobe. I was like, I don't, I don't want to. You play can't the be Mamba, a real Mavs but, fan and. and, and Love Kobe, but you gotta love his work. No, but I love what Kobe was about. I love what he stood for. The Mamba. I mean, the dude was. He was feared. And he was on another level. And he put in the work 
to be on another level. I'm glad we're in agreement on that because there's some people who just don't agree with that. Oh, dude, I get in so many arguments we up here with guys that for about hours, that. I think. Oh, we get in some heated ones up here. You you want to get in a heated argument out here in the lounge? Bring up Kobe and LeBron. Like it is, I don't know, probably sixty percent Kobe and forty percent LeBron. But that forty percent LeBron, they, they will give you the business about it, and it's like. To me, I mean, LeBron had to change. You know, Michael Jordan changed the game. Right. From the get. Like, he changed the game. He changed what it meant to be sponsored, to brand everything. Like, Jordan changed all of it. LeBron's sons were wearing Jordans the other night when he... Yeah. Became an all-time leading scorer. Jordan Jordan changed the game. Goat thing ever. Yeah. And Kobe came in, and Kobe was like, all right, I want want your throne. Right. And he went at it, and he put in the work and went at him fearlessly, even when Jordan was suddenly – I mean, granted, Jordan a little past his prime when he's having to, like, line up on 18-year-old Kobe. But those two still went at it and had their battles, and – Kobe continued to go on, and Kobe won with, without Shaq. And, I mean, I don't want to get in the Shaq debate, but, like, I mean, I think Shaq's Let me tell you great. something. Shaq's my all-time favorite, like, human yeah. being. Did you watch his thing on HBO? I didn't watch that. Oh, my God. I, I got to meet him. But, he bought a car. He bought a car for a customer. For, for a a, a family, it, wasn't it? A family. Yeah. He bought him two cars. But yeah. that wasn't the story. Like, I posted this on LinkedIn because I, I, I'm on LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn. Yeah. I, I like seeing people's success stories and reading posts and stuff like that. Facebook's cool. I like Facebook. Don't get me wrong, but I love LinkedIn. And I posted a deal about Shaq. He had donated a bond, he, this family that he found on Instagram. They have like nine kids. and get ready to have another oh, I one. I saw that, yeah. He bought them a van. And then while they were ordering the van... We get a phone call, hey, Shaq's coming to buy a truck. And I'm like, Shaq ain't coming to buy no truck, right? Like, he was just at the All-Star game. I guess what happened was he met him on Instagram. He took him. He met him to go take him to go get some food and hang out with the family. Like, just hang out with the family because he just loved their content. That's why I say content's important. Mm-hmm. Spent all day with him at Rainforest Cafe. Took him and ordered him a van at a store down the street from us. And he realized that dad needed a truck. And he's like, hey, let's go, let's go get you a truck. And he's like, all oh, the Toyota stores down the street say, I don't, I don't buy Toyotas. We only buy Fords. So he showed up. And while he told the guy to go out and, go out and pick out a truck, and he went out and picked out a truck. And it was the most expensive truck on the lot that we had at the time. And wire transferred the money. He was trying to pay with a credit card. I was like, we, first off, there's fees involved. And you can dispute the charges. You can't do this. You think I'm going to dispute these charges? I mean... He was just so real. But the whole time he was there, all he did was play with the kids. And they're running around like crazy. That was what was real to me was. Like, he, it wasn't about – his goal every day is to wake up and buy somebody something, whether it be a laptop, phone. He buys a lot of laptops. His shoes, he donates a ton of Shaq shoes. I think there's more Shaq shoes that have been sold than Jordans, believe it or not. But the Jordan shoes are a more profitable brand. Yeah. But he wanted shoes that people could afford. Yeah. So he bought them a van – Bought him a truck, spent hours and hours. Like, what he makes per hour is, I mean, who knows what he makes per hour. Yeah. He spent a ton of time just playing with those kids. And it was just so real. 
it was one of the greatest experiences in the car business in my own life. I if you get a that. chance, if That's you got awesome. HBO Max, I got Max. Look at it, it. It'll it will make sense of why he is what you just said. Well, and the way he is with his kids, he's like, I ain't rich. Or y'all ain't rich, I'm rich, right? Like, yeah. I love it when he does. And that's how he gets them to work and be motivated. Like, I'll invest in your business. If you show me a business plan, you get a master's degree. I'll invest in you. I'm not just going to give it to you, though. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Great, greatest basketball player, in my opinion. Not the yeah. greatest of all time. Where I was going with that, though, just so we don't get this, like, chopped Human up. being a Shaq. Yeah, I'm with you, and I like Shaq. But what I was saying was LeBron had to change the game. LeBron did all it, he, he's it's like Tom Brady like LeBron has that Tom Brady clause you know like Tom Brady got accused of cheating Spygate Inflategate all these other things like and granted he's the GOAT but LeBron LeBron couldn't just win a championship or multiple championships without like mustering in the league and like you know pulling other players in you're going down a completely different dreams. rabbit hole with that but i yeah I, but I, I mean like that's real like you know kobe went and recruiting you know when kobe recruited Shaq, Shaq recruited kobe you know you go down that rabbit hole too right but i mean they still did things outside of that like lebron has to have all this around him lebron lebron didn't just go win Six championships in Cleveland and stay a Cavalier his whole life. Well, I would argue that Jordan had a really good supporting cast with Scotty. He had a great and, supporting cast. And my one of my other favorite players was Dennis Rodman, just because he was just insane. I like Rodman, too. But I would tell you that the greatest thing about those guys is they always pushed people and pushed them harder than they even believed that they could. And yeah. when Michael said, hey, this is what we're doing, that's what they were – there was no argument about it. Yeah. But basketball is so boring now because all it is is 90 minutes of three-point shoots. Yeah, shoot. That's man. it. There's, nobody goes like when I started watching college ball, I'm like, ooh, damn, they're playing inside the paint. Yeah. They're doing layups. They're doing this. Then you watch NBA, three-point shots. All I'm like, this is so boring. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a different game. And from college has even well, gotten to the point ball, that it's not change. as fun. I mean, how many people are really invested in still watching March Madness? I mean, like, the numbers are dying. Like, I didn't watch you, a game this year. You, I didn't even. See? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I caught some glimpses of it when I was out right. at dinner or well, something like that. Well, being from I Nebraska, I watched the Creighton game. And, you know, and they, I thought they were going to get it all the way down. That's because it's home. Basketball is getting like baseball because they've, they've changed the game so much. They don't let it be what it should be. They've made all these rules. They've, they've, they've changed the game so much. It's like watching baseball. I, I grew up playing baseball from the time I could walk all the way through high school. But I only watch select games that are, like, really good matchups, and then I watch some of the playoffs, and I maybe watch some of the World Series. Like, baseball needs to shorten the season. You know, make it more enjoyable. Like, get more out of the athletes without, like, depriving them and beating them down. Like, all that stuff, to me, needs to change. But, you know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. You really ready now? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So I know you've listened to the show, so you know what question I'm going to ask you now, oh right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's probably what you stayed up all night thinking about. But so as we like to call us, this, this is the segment where we do my two cents. <laughs> so my two cents, as you know, can literally be about anything. It can be something you've been waiting to say, wanting to say. Something you're inspired to say because of the show. Every guest that has been on here has said something 
maybe relatively the same, but I don't really think so. They they've been completely different, but they have been great nuggets, life lessons, and things that I think people should take to heart. And it's probably my favorite part of the show to ask you to give us your two cents, man. Man, you know, I, I when I when I thought about coming on to talk to you, yeah. First off, like I said, I I, I really enjoy the content aspect of it. And, yeah. But I want people to understand that the business isn't bad. It's a good business. We get a bad rap, right? I, I remember when I was growing up, my dad said, "You're either gonna be a you're either gonna be a salesman, car salesman, or you're gonna be an attorney." Well, I wasn't very good at school. So right. I was going to be a salesman. And I didn't know what I was going to sell or how I was going to sell. I, my two cents on, like, just life in general is just, you know, again, protect your brand, take care of people, and they'll take care of you. Now, it doesn't matter if you're talking about customers, you're trying to make money. You know, a lot of it has to do with, like, staffing. I think the, the hardest thing, like, with on my two cents with the car businesses is, you know, we run at a speed that's so fast. Sometimes you need to slow down or wrap your arms around somebody to lift them up. And, yeah. and, and, and not necessarily in the car business. Maybe it's in real estate or something like that. I mean, give somebody an opportunity and believe in people. Uh, but I, I, I think that if, if there was one thing that I wanted somebody to take away from like what I have to say is, is like there's people out there that are wanting to hear that you believe in them. And somebody believed in me. That's why I am where I am. I, you know, I owe everything, you know, maybe it's a higher power, maybe it's not. Some people believe, you know, at the end of the day, like when you give people opportunity and you believe in them, you can get more. Absolutely. Out of them. So awesome, man. Cheers, Cheers to that, that man. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. I, you, you've dropped some great nuggets in here. I hope everybody's enjoyed that. I appreciate the time and, you know, busy. Dude, you did a great job, baby. My man. Yeah. <laughs> Good old busy. So, I'm going to make a few little announcements here. Everybody, last week, I, I said I was going to give it to this week. We still haven't crossed that threshold on YouTube yet. So. I got my man, though, uh, the other Spanky uh, I told you, my, bro- my brother in Omaha. He's watching on YouTube right now. Yeah, Devoted, yeah. and he only does YouTube. Yeah, man. He only does I, YouTube. Thank you. I love Thank my you. YouTube content, guys, over here. So. YouTube is something that YouTube makes it so hard for the new people. So any of y'all that are enjoying this content, you enjoy the live or you're listening to this after the fact when we post it on all the other platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, I would say Anchor, but that just got bought by Spotify. Yeah. So Anchor is now legitimately Spotify. But any of y'all that are really enjoying this, please go subscribe on YouTube. We need more YouTube followers on here. It'll help everything. And again, if you're holding out because you want to be the 100th, because I've said a couple times now, whoever is that 100th subscriber on YouTube is going to get a very cool, nice swag package gift package from me personally and common sense podcast i'm gonna do something cool with you the website is gonna be done here in april sometime i'm not gonna put a date out yet just because i don't know exactly 
But with the website, it's going to come some new merchandise. We're going to have some T-shirts, some hats, some cool stuff for you guys with the common sense stuff on it. Um, please share, like, follow, subscribe. But if you can go on that YouTube and give us a subscribe, a like, a share, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We have something very big coming up soon. Um, I'm not going to give a lot of details out on this because it's still in the works. There's a very big meeting happening. Very exciting. Very exciting. Good yeah, man. You. I'm I, thank for you. You. I'll, I'll, you and I will talk more about this off the air. But I'm going to be starting a second podcast. Uh, as much as it's going to probably make Biz pull his hair out. And uh, turn a little more gray. I'm going to try to get him to catch up with me on the gray. Yeah, working but, on it. You're helping it exceed quite a bit. <laughs> I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. So I'm going to be, for those of you that don't know, in my from my late teens through my early 20s, I was heavily involved in the music industry with a lot of my friends' bands. I have a passion for music especially raw, raw, live, uncut, unfiltered, that, you know, sitting with the band in an intimate setting where they're recording or they're, you know, just jamming out and you get to be a part of that. Um, we're going to bring that to a podcast. So there's a podcast coming up and I'm going to, you know, it'll be separate from this. It'll be something that feeds into this. It'll be something that also has its whole own entity tied with live music, artists, Q&A. It'll be subscriptions. You guys can come in. We're going to be sitting down with some really big bands and talking the talk. And they're going to be putting some live content out there for you. So... Hope you guys are into that. I hope it's something you guys will jump in and follow and participate with. I think it's going to be something that really brings some nostalgia back for a lot of people. That's all I'm going to say about it at this time. But it's that's exciting. coming, man. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna do something cool with that. Raw and unscripted, just like this. Yeah, man. It's going to be it's a raw. a first-class operation, man. This is great. Oh, man. Thank you. I really, truly, deeply appreciate that because we work really hard to put on something like, good for everybody. Like, share, and follow. Yeah, please. Thank you. And until next week, next week we have Alicia coming on here. Uh, that's all I'm going to say right now. I'm going to post some stuff about that later in the week. And Alicia will be on here next week. And we're going to roll. Have a good time. She'll be the first female guest. So we're going to rock and roll. So until next week, y'all have a great time. Hope you guys enjoy your time with your friends and family. And we'll talk to you soon.